It's time for another episode of The Hartley Show. Thank you for all the support. I sincerely appreciate it. Let's get right into it. What's up? What's up? Welcome back to a very surprise episode of the Hartley Show. Not one that I woke up this morning expecting to record, but there were a lot of things I woke up to this morning not expecting to happen the night before. Um, I am on with my very good friend Holden Velasco, who is a Brooklyn Nets fan, and he approached me after a massive trade happened today. I was thinking it might be the biggest trade since last James Harden's trade. <laughs> I don't even think that was that big. Like, like just the pieces that are being moved. Like, like all Houston got was picks at the end of the day, and Victor Oladipo, who's a scrub. Like, I, I, I really think like this is this is the biggest trade since probably Anthony Davis, who was game changing for both franchises. Of course, Houston, you know, it was kind of different. I mean, yeah, it was game changing, but they went straight to the dumps and haven't recovered since. But player wise, you mean the biggest trade. Because it's it's also hard to tell what those picks are going to be yet. So like that, that's the other thing. Yeah. So th- that's that's maybe a question mark for now. Maybe a couple years. But I th- I think right now, of course, recency biased included. Uh, this this is the biggest trade. James Harden going to the Philadelphia 76ers along with Paul Millsap, who wanted to be traded in exchange for Ben Simmons, Seth Curry, Andre Drummond, and two first round picks. In my opinion, I think it's a win-win for both teams at the end of the day. I, I really don't think either side can complain about what they're getting back in return. Of course, Ben Simmons and all the drama and the bullshit that he caused. And, God, I fucking hate him. But, anyway, Daryl Morey stuck through it and said Ben Simmons will not be traded unless it's a difference maker. James Harden is obviously a difference maker. He is a scoring champion, an MVP one of the best scorers in the league. Uh, there's just a ton to say about him. Um, in exchange for Ben Simmons, who at one point was considered to be the next LeBron and, of course, hasn't really seen that yet. Maybe a change of scenery does that for him, playing alongside Kevin Durant, Kyrie Irving, and a pretty decent supporting cast. You know, this is nothing to complain about at all. But, yeah, I think my initial thoughts are that it's a win-win. It, it gets the job done for both teams because I think – Brooklyn agreeing to this trade basically indicates, yeah, James Harden was going to be out the door in the offseason. This deal just gives us those extra pieces that we needed, specifically Seth Curry and those extra picks and Drummond for unless they choose to re-sign him at half of a season right now for a hopeful title run for them. But, yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm certainly excited. You, your your initial thoughts based on in our group chat seem very excited. So, yeah, I'll give you the floor to share your thoughts. Yeah, so for those who don't know me, I'm Holden Velasco, contributing writer at Nets Daily, the number one Nets blog on the internet, and editorial intern at Slam. But aside from that, I'm a diehard Brooklyn Nets fan. And this morning when I woke up at 12, I, I well, I woke up at 9, but I'm like, you know what? I can't mentally take this trade deadline BS, so I'm going back to sleep. So I woke up at 12 to them saying James Harden went out of Brooklyn. I'm like, you know what? I can't go back to bed. So for the next three hours, I was just refreshing Twitter. Um, and then one of the things that really caught my eye during that time and yesterday was the Tobias Harris to the Thunder rumors. 
Um, reason being is if they did that, it would basically be a salary dump and meaning the Sixers are confident they can get hard in, in next year's free agency, meaning us, the Nets, would get nothing. Um, so I really think those conversations were to put pressure on Sean Marks and the Nets, which, if that's the case, did their job. Um, and obviously something like that would be a hard sell for Sixers fans. You're trading away Tobias Harris, the second best player in your team, for what would essentially be nothing to the Thunder, so they could take that salary cap hit because they can do that. So I think for the Sixers' perspective of fans, that would be a hard sell. But you would get hardened for uh, basically just money in the offseason, and we lose out completely. So for that reason, seeing the reports today saying that he did want out, though let the record be shown, he did not formally ask for a trade. Um, I think getting anything out of it for me was ecstatic because originally I did not want to trade Harden. I became emotionally attached. But sitting back now and seeing the situation, I'm, I love the trade, right? We knew it was going to be Harden for Ben at the end of the day. That was going to be the main two stars, right? It was for me, it was what do we get besides that? And at first, they said absolutely not Maxi and absolutely not Curry. And anytime we put Curry in a deal, it was going to be Patty Mills, which I love, and I did not want to put Patty in any type, any type of deal, not at all. And now they're saying, okay, no Thiable. So I'm thinking to myself, okay, let's get Drummond. Maybe let's get Curry. If we have to throw in someone I don't want to, fine. Let's see. Maybe we get picks too. And then we get the Woj bomb. Oh, yeah. So we're giving up Harden, Paul Millsap, who doesn't play at all. Didn't um, want to play. He, he didn't want to play. He either. actually put in a formal request and said, get me out of here. Even before that, he just wasn't playing. <laughs> he just fell in the rotation to the point of DNP, coaches DNP. So for us, basically useless asset for us. Um, so those two for Ben, which we knew. So at that point, it comes Millsap for Harden, Curry, and two first rounders. I was in love with that. Um, like we were saying before, if we needed Curry originally, it was going to have to be Mills. No Mills. We get two first rounders out of nowhere. And Drummond, who obviously can help us in a much-needed defensive rebound on the inside, though I do have mixed emotions about him on the offense, which we can get into a little bit. But just initial reaction-wise, I, I love the trade. I absolutely love it. And I agree with you. I think it is also a win for the Sixers, especially because part of the deal is he's opting into his player option next year for the Sixers. So it's not going to be just this half season and the playoffs. You also get him next year. Yeah, that's that That was big for me, seeing that he opted into next year because I kind of didn't really want to deal with another Jimmy Butler situation. And we fumble a bag now. You know, there's there's much more of a stronger connection when it comes to Daryl Morey and James Harden than Elton Brand and Jimmy Butler, who put us back what could have been years and thankfully Daryl Morey comes in and get us gets us out of that situation but yeah it's huge getting a guaranteed year and a half out of him to at least you know figure out some sort of way to give him an extension however he ends up producing here which will be a ton but yeah I mean Curry to me I mean he he's great for you guys and he's he's a he's a player that can fit anywhere but James Harden can do basically almost anything he can do and James Harden can do a ton more, obviously. I, I, I think to give him up is just something that, like, had to happen, and I wasn't too upset about it. Um, same with Drummond. I mean, yeah, he's great, and he's I think he's much more needed in Brooklyn than in Philly, of course. That does kind of leave the backup center position open, but, I mean, Tristan Thompson's going to get bought out probably. That's just one player, and I'm sure 
you know, now that we're contenders and we're an attractive team for buyout players again, I think someone is bound to end up here. Maybe even Enos Freedom. I, I don't know. I mean, I, 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 don't, I don't care. I don't care if we don't sign anybody. I'm sure it's going to work out. I mean, Paul Reed and Charles Bassey are, are decent. Um, it, it just gives them time to, to develop in an, an open competition um, I, there, there are a ton of options, and and honestly, of, of course, I'd much rather have this Ben Simmons debacle all figured out than complaining about having an open backup center position because Embiid, you know, does get hurt. He gets he does have nights off, but he's he seemed to be more on a healthy trend, and the Sixers have been managing it well. But to to me, what the situation you brought up in terms of Tobias Harris was was interesting to me because. The way I kind of saw the whole thing was that Toby would stay the whole time. You know, I, I did see the, the Thunder rumors and thought, you know, okay, I, I don't know what that exactly would be. That, that doesn't really seem to gain a lot of traction nor really make a ton of sense. I mean, I can understand that the salary dump, he's not a bad contract, but he, he, is a, he, is a decent, he is a decent player for what he is. And I think he's only going to get better now with Harden. But the way I saw it was that Brooklyn needed to make this trade because – Assuming that Harden was going to walk in the offseason if they didn't make this trade, they would have only gotten back Simmons at the very least because they would have no leverage to ask for anything else because Harden's already made up his mind. And Simmons would just be given back for financial reasons because they obviously, Philly can't pay everybody. So it would just be like, here, here's the guy who doesn't want to be here. I think the trade really works for the picks to, to an extent. I mean, I don't think they're going to be anything crazy, but Brooklyn does have a pretty good resume of, of developing talent, especially in, in the later rounds when they, they gave up all their, all their picks to, to Boston for you know, one of the worst trades in NBA history. But yeah, low blow. Low blow. <laughs> hey, it, it, it had to be brought up, but yeah, I think also kind of getting Curry's pretty big for them. Of course, another shooter to add into the mix who's under contract for you know a couple more seasons on a, on a pretty cheap deal. So I think that's kind of more what their reason was going into it, especially now that, they're being forced to play a lot of young players who who are are doing decent. I will say it does kind of continue to to run the record of Brooklyn's ability to develop talent. But you know, you, Brooklyn's a contender. You don't want to be really playing those guys in the playoffs if you have to, and you you want to get healthy. And I think this definitely helps adding adding Curry and Drummond, especially kind of fill holes that you know these rookies may do in a few years. And also, Joe Harris probably not coming back for the season i think it's it's also big that they get another shooter like curry who can fill that role yeah and i think the big thing is too like you were saying we're filling holes um i want to talk about individual players first let's talk about simmons of ben obviously the biggest player in the trade for us you know with all of his offensive let's say struggles last year in the playoffs he doesn't need that anymore right we just need him to be draymond green if we can get a draymond green out of ben simmons oh my god that's all we need um now obviously Kyrie's situation is uh, a wash at this point i don't even want to mentally talk about it because who even knows what's going on but i will say in march there will be some light at the end of the tunnel because a new health commissioner coming in who may shake up the vaccine mandates but we'll see that's a lot of ifs and i don't like to rely on ifs like that um but for me, the biggest thing is, okay, now we have a go get him type player. You know, when we play Philly, okay, go get Harden. Just go get him. Right? That's something we've never had um, in the big three era. Fuck, the, the Durant-Irving era at this point. 
That's we've never had a go get him minus Bruce Brown for like five games. So for me, that's probably the biggest thing. Now in transition, he's going to get minimum 10 points a game just off transition. And the half-court offense, that was the biggest thing that I was scared of. If he can just be a threat, that's all we really need. Be the playmaker when you don't have the ball and you're off ball. Move around. Don't just stand on the perimeter. Be good enough where teams have to respect you on at least a catch and drive. We don't need you to make threes. We don't need you to make mid-ranges, though I'd like you to. We don't need you to. Be good enough where teams can't just throw a double at Durant the whole game, right? Um, with Irving being in and out of the lineup, that becomes a bit harder, though. Someone like Curry can kind of relieve that. Um, let's get into Curry, I guess. Like you said, the Joe Harris hole is big. Um, but with Joe Harris, we're shooting around 39% from three, best in the NBA. Without him, I think it's like 34, just under like 27th in the NBA. So having someone like that has to out has taken a big hit on offense. In comes Curry, who's shooting well over 40% from three, I believe. Um, I know him and Joe are top five, I think top three, three-point percentage in NBA history. So having that and Patty Mills, who's in the three-point contest, who's also, I believe, top 10 in three-point percentage ball yeah, time. he's been on a tear. I think I wrote about it last week in my Weaver Wild column. He's sitting around like 44% in a couple of recent games. Like, again, lethal. Lethal, absolutely lethal from three. So having people like that really helps, but that's reliant on your stars. That's why you've seen a recent skid. This team is built to support stars. They can't play them by themselves. And to your point about the rookies, Cam Thomas has been one of the few people who can create a shot for themselves. Harden was the other one, but we get back Ben, obviously in exchange for that. I think Curry can create a shot better than Joe Harris can. He's only catch and shoot Joey Buckets. Love him, but I think Curry brings more versatility on that offensive end. So to replace Joe Harris, I think Curry's one of the few people I can say is almost positive. Um, they'll obviously have an emotional attachment to Joey Buckets as well, but at the end of the day, I do love Curry in that fit. And then for Drummond, um, last year-ish, when we are talking about buyout candidates with Andre Drummond being focused around the Brooklyn Nets, I was adamant on the fact that I didn't want him for offensive reasons, meaning he's going to try to do too much to prove himself to make another payday, which we did see when he did eventually sign. He was doing too much in offense. Um, when he gets to Brooklyn, I hope he realizes his role and stays in just the pick and roll. Don't do anything too crazy in the post. Sure, we'll feed you every now and then, but we have LaMarcus Aldridge for that. And debatably, I think Aldridge should start over Drummond when they're both healthy. Obviously, if we're playing Joel Embiid, all right, fine. Put Drummond back in just for defensive and rebounding reasons. Um, but on paper, he does fill a big hole in our defense and rebounding. It's just now Nash has that flexibility he didn't really have, even though people like uh, Kessler Edwards, the rookie, he's been filling the role as best as you can ask him to. But having proven people come in to try to fill holes with the flexibility that Nash is now going to have is really big for Brooklyn. And I think you're going to see that pay pay dividends later on in the season and comparative to the next 15, 10 games. And I think to kind of add on to your point about what's coming in is that I think health is big. You know, Ben Simmons, you know, what, he's kind of, he had the back injury, but he's generally kind of known as like an Ironman kind of guy. He, he plays most games. He doesn't take a lot of games off. So while, you know, Kyrie misses home games and, you know, Kevin's still dealing with this injury. I mean, it depends on when Ben Simmons get gets reacclimated into the offense, just the team in general. But 
you know, he's he's a guy you can generally rely on to play, and he's he's gonna you know offer what he can d- defensively, playmaking wise, and in full court offense. I, I I think that's kind of been Brooklyn's biggest problem. Sixteen games together, in thirteen months between the the prior big three, I think that number is gonna take a big jump this season, and you know down the line as well. Yeah, and I think you saw it with Ben when you were with Butler and Embiid. He was playing that third fiddle, and it it went well. Um, You know, reports are coming out that Ben has already spoken to Marks and KD, saying he's extremely excited to come to Brooklyn. And I will say, as much as I ragged on him, you know, as a joke during the Hawks series, I'm happy to have him too. He does fill something that we need very, very badly. A few things that we need, especially with Harden going out of town. Now, he's not going to replace Harden in the half court. I'm not going to ask him to. Like I said, he just has to be that threat where teams will have to respect him enough to get the other people the ball, such as Curry coming around a screen with Marcus Aldridge, who's then going to go into the post, and then KD gets the ball at the top of the key. Irving's in the corner. You get another screen. You know, something's happening. Ben just has to stay active, and I think if he turns into that Draymond Green type of role, I think that we have a very good shot at still winning the championship. And Las Vegas reflects that. Strangely enough, we were still the favorites to win the title which I found kind of funny, but um, <laughs> I'm not complaining, but I don't know. I'm, I'm not a better, so maybe that's something you touch upon. <laughs> yeah, that's funny because I know New York betting at this point is taking off, breaking all sorts of records, but I'm not a better. You know, I love the, the game. That's me. But aside from that, I'd love to hear your thoughts on how Harden fits into the offense for Philadelphia. I think compared to what everyone saw in Brooklyn, I think Harden can re-enter himself into that MVP conversation. You know, he plays with Tyrese. He's going to play. This is the first time in a while, probably before Chris Paul came to town, that Harden finally kind of has a backcourt to himself. You know, he's not playing with Chris Paul, Russell Westbrook, and Kyrie Irving anymore. He doesn't really have to share the ball and give them – give that other player the touches you know it, it kind of never worked with Russ it didn't really work out with Kyrie even though they didn't play a ton it, it kind of worked with Chris Paul because I you know Chris Paul is one of the smartest basketball players in the league he's gonna make it work no matter what but I think you now don't have to worry about that anymore I mean Tyrese Maxey's good he has a ton of potential but you know the power dynamic you know you know what I mean like it's 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 not gonna be the same as it was for years prior with James Harden. So I think he kind of has the the role to, you know, fill himself and kind of do things how he wants to. And I think he has a pretty good supporting cast around him. I think Tobias Harris can kind of go back into that stretch four position, what he had when he was first traded to Philly in that 2019 playoff run where he was lethal from the corner, hitting above 40% from three. And then when he more responsibilities were asked from him, he just couldn't perform. So I think he can return to that. And, you know, that's no player worth $35 million, but, you know, it's he will provide at least 20 points per game, I think, alone. But, you know, whether it's Danny Green or, or Matisse Seibel, I think they don't need the ball a ton. I mean, Danny Green's definitely a catch-and-shoot kind of guy, and Matisse Seibel would probably rather not have the ball in his hands offensively unless it's it's off a steal or or a backdoor cut so i mean that's more touches to harden and more touches to maxi and i think this is a duo with mb that can really work because you know they operate on much different parts of the floor and they're both so lethal you know everyone used to double team Embiid because no one else on the team was worth double teaming 
now you got James Harden, who of course can move well with off the ball, move well off the ball, and I just think it's it's going to be very hard for defenses to handle unless, I mean, maybe Brooklyn can you can stick Ben on Harden, but no one can really handle Embiid. Maybe I mean maybe maybe the only team I would say is Milwaukee, who got Serge Ibaka, who's been known to be a pretty good defender. He can kind of contain Embiid. And you still have Drew Holiday, who's very good. Giannis is very good. You can kind of, you can make different combinations of that as you will. But I, I think right now this season, I think it's between us and Milwaukee for the, for the East. I don't think Miami can really contend that high anymore. Chicago, I think, is just too new, and Vucevic has taken a step back, and they just haven't been healthy. Demar Derozan is phenomenal, but I think you you stick Matisse on him, who didn't play in the in the last game. Where he where Demar dropped forty something, I I think that's yeah I think it's it's really between us and Milwaukee this season. I think Brooklyn is just too new, and to get reacclimated in, into being a contender, you know Ben Simmons is going to need quite a few weeks to get back. He I I highly doubt he's really stayed in basketball shape just for the sake of his own health. Because of course when one injury because he took all the leverage away from him from himself you know, doing all the crap he did in practice and then basically being kicked out and said, don't show up and then choosing not to come back even multiple times over again, both doc rivers and other players have said, listen, if he came back, we'd, we'd accept him. He provides something that we need and and we're not going to say no to that. And he, you know, never showed up. So he kind of took away all the leverage. So I'm sure he didn't really work out a ton just to not get hurt. I mean, maybe stay in decent shape, but it's just a new team in general, a completely new team is going to, he's playing with Kyrie Irving and, Kevin Durant, you know, he he has to find himself a role in practice and and get in shape. So I would not be surprised he doesn't come back playing for a couple of weeks, maybe, maybe three, four. I I just wouldn't be surprised. And then by then, you know, Brooklyn is right now seventh or eighth seed. Yeah, it's not good. We're in playing range right now. Yeah, so, I mean, they got to win games. I mean, that, that's the bottom line, and I, I just I think it's definitely a tough window for them to win this year. I mean, certainly if everyone gets magically healthy and, and they can figure it out pretty quickly, you know, I wouldn't be surprised. You know, obviously Kevin and Kyrie are the, are the alphas of the team, and Ben Simmons is still kind of the student. You know, maybe they can whip him up in the shape, but it's it's just hard to see a window for them right now. But, I mean, you give, you give them a full season, and they are – and Brooklyn's very dangerous. Yeah, I know that recently um, Ben's camp came out saying he's been staying in uh, basketball shape and he's been working out like Kyrie did when originally we weren't going to let him play. So, I mean, we'll see. You know, no one really knows if that's true or not besides his camp. Um, We'll see. I think it'll take three weeks, which, again, sucks because, as you say, we need to win now. But the flip side of that also is, okay, now we enter the playoffs as a seventh seed. Are you kidding? We get the great teams out the way first. And let's say nothing changes with Irving's uh, vaccination status. He can play that game seven um, if it gets that far. Again, a lot of what-ifs. I don't like to rely on what-ifs. So the facts are we are not going to have Ben for a long time, uh, presumably. Presumably. Again, that's another what-if, but let's go with the negative in this chance. Um, and we need a win now. And now we just lost James Harden. So we're going to see a lot of ugly Nets basketball coming up. I wrote a recent article for Nets Daily saying that if we need, if we can just limp into the All Star break, reinforcements will be on the way. Now that's especially true 
right? We're getting Curry now. We're getting Drummond now. But KD is coming back, you know, knock on wood. His rehab has been going very well. Um, just giving Kevin Durant back on the team, period, is going to help us so much. You've seen our defense absolutely plummet. We've won, what, two games since he's left. I mean, he's not going to win it, but I think that has to count for something in the MVP conversation because we have absolutely imploded since he's left. Um, now, obviously, a little bit of bias because I would vote for him because I'm a Nets fan, but still, um, I think it, it's it's the biggest team I think that will be a threat to both of us is Milwaukee. I have them as my favorites, period, not just in the East. As you were saying with Harden, I think Drew can guard him one-on-one. -on -one. Obviously, he's not going to stop him. You know, you can't really stop James Harden. But as we've seen this season, he can be halted in certain ways to poor, poor efficiency. Um, now, granted, he's had hasn't had a big man to really play with. He's had Duran, who, yes, is a power forward, but he's really not. Um, he's just a scoring god from every position, not a download dominant Back to the back to the basket player like Joel Embiid, who can nothing near shoot. MVP form, let alone All Star. I don't think. I mean, Clint Capella was decent. He he had a really specialized role that worked, and maybe Dwight Howard, but that you know never worked out as it should have. And we've seen what Harden can do with big men. I mean, he makes them look amazing. Look what he did with Claxton this season, which is why I wanted to move him before the deadline before teams realize, oh look, Claxton is good because of what Harden did with them. Um, but I think the Philly offense is going to be a lot of, okay, your turn, my turn, which is fine because you have two people who can do that with a good supporting cast around them. Um, you have that flexible small forward position with Danny Green, though I ha you know how I feel about Danny Green, which is very on and off, and then Thibel, who could be that defensive piece that you need. And, you know, a little Long Island bias, but I love Tobias Harris, even if his efficiency dropped a little bit. Um, and Maxi, I absolutely love Maxi. And to your point, he does not he's not a Kyrie Irving where it's like, all right, I gotta give him touches. But to be fair, we did see a lot of we saw more of Harden having the backcourt to himself this season because Kyrie has not been playing. Um and I'll tell you during that time it was it, it was it was a weird situation because Harden was getting his shots and it's just they weren't going in. His efficiency has not been well. I mean he's shooting thirty three percent from the three point line, which is before I think it's 35 is now the average in the NBA. It's 35 for 37. I believe. I always took it as 37. I don't know if that's changed or not. Regardless, below average from three-point shooting, um, and you could just tell he's up there in attempts and nowhere to be seen in, in makes. Unlike Patty Mills, who's the opposite. He's up there in makes, nowhere to be seen in attempts. Um, so the efficiency has not been there. How will that change on Philadelphia? I think having that down low threat will draw defenses in, like you said. Teams just throw double teams at Embiid and hope for the best. Um, you can't really do that now. Um, whether that's going to be hard and just getting the ball and taking a step back. Now, will he start making those step backs like he was before in Houston? That's what's to be seen. He was not doing that in Brooklyn. Another thing is I think he's much more motivated. I think kind of the way things turn down at the end, like a, a lot of his production has kind of decreased a little bit I think now you know he he wants to be in Philly and that's where he is now so I think um that definitely changes his dynamic and maybe adds a little more fuel to the fire and and what he can produce and I, I just think he's probably much more excited to kind of have this freelance role that he hasn't had in a long time especially I know he was very pissed off with how Kyrie Irving was 
cooperating. He, I believe I saw something that said he was the only one to push back on how he was only playing road games. And I think, you know, that definitely kind of created a a stingy dynamic between the two of them. And I think that might've ultimately pushed to his outing, of course, losing games as well, even when he was in the lineup. I, I just, it's a it's a change of scenery, and that obviously goes the same for Ben Simmons, who who had, and I think with a new team still has high of a ceiling as as being an MVP because you know all it really takes is a kick in the ass for him to to finally start doing the things that he's always meant to do. But you know at his at his floor, you've you've already talked about it. He's Draymond Green at the very least, and I think he's already proven better than that. Especially defensively, I think he's one of the best technical defenders. In the NBA, and of course, his size and speed are, you know, once-in-a-generational kind of talent. So, yeah, I've kind of bounced all over the place, but I think we've kind of hit, you know, every nail on the head. Uh, again, thank you, Holden, for bringing up the idea. It was very last minute, but I, I enjoy breaking it all down. You, if you have one more thought to share, please go right ahead. Yes, I do, and it's to your point that he'll be more motivated in Philadelphia. True, but didn't we say that with Brooklyn when he first came? And you see, this is something where it's like, will history repeat itself or are we going to see a new paradox, right? And then I think in that, we just saw a rivalry be reborn from the Jared Dudley days. <laughs> so I can't wait for March 10th in Philadelphia when we get to see our first matchup. And I think NBA fans around the world want to see a seven-game series. And we might with us being a low seed. Well, one last question for you because they, they were talking about this on the show that I was watching. Do you think that because it's in Philly? I don't know if you know how our free throws thing work for away teams. Frosty freeze out, opposing team misses two consecutive free throws. Everybody in the stadium gets a free frosty. It's a it's an absolute gig. Everybody goes absolutely insane. Of course, it's Ben Simmons making his return. You, you, you kind of see where I'm getting at. The the pot is really really stirring. Do you think that this this was actually a serious? A serious question they were debating and i i thought you know maybe as well the timeline kind of fits for you know his his period to get back into basketball shape do you think they would actually throw him in that pit in philadelphia on march 10th do you think he actually plays by then i i i kind of hope they don't for his sake because it's it's gonna be awful it, it might be one of the loudest times it's ever been in wells fargo maybe let alone period in Philadelphia, maybe since the Eagles won the Super Bowl and a long time before that. I mean, g- good God, like that's that's gonna be awful. That's gonna be the, the pits of hell, <laughs> the way I view it, just just based on the whole history. Ouch! Another low blow with Super Bowl Fifty Two for those that don't know, I'm a Patriots fan. But um, what you're telling me is I gotta get a ticket to Wells Fargo because I'm gonna get a fucked out of Frosties that night. <laughs> um, yeah, I think yes. I mean, Ben should play. Because what does that tell your teammates if you sit out this game? Oh, guys. That, that's kind of what I thought, play. but I, I just thought, like... If, 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 if he's ready to play and he's been playing, he will play. But if he's around, if around that time is when he's going to make his return, I would not be surprised if they hold him out for that game. Though, I wouldn't be surprised if they do because, like we said, there's that continuity of a new rivalry being born. Yeah, I, I think it depends on how the dates go. I don't think they'll play him, then hold him out that day and in particular because that sends a really awful message for exactly the kind of attitude that he has but what they might do is you know maybe it's like okay we're targeting between like these two games and this this 
March 10th happens to be in the middle, you know, maybe we'll just we'll just push it back a little bit just to kind of avoid it. And you you could just you could honestly just play it off as you know, hey, he's he won't be ready until this time, and you know, really no one's gonna. I mean, people will draw a speculation saying that they did it on purpose, but there there's there's no real way to to guarantee that. And there's no harm in it either, right? There's no harm in it. It's like when Nash said, oh, yeah, I see Harden on our team by the end of uh, the trade deadline. Yeah, of course you're going to say that. Why wouldn't you say that? There's no harm in saying it. You have to publicly come out and say that. Of course you have to, you know. Um, so, I mean, we'll see. We'll see. For me, I just I just want to see, first off, wow, the Nets are playing tonight. Crazy, right? We're actually playing a game tonight. Maybe we'll win for once. But I just want to see the pieces come together. I just, we need help. You know, I was joking around in one of the group chats. Um, they were saying, we're talking about Paul Millsap when he first asked out uh, as Miami, Miami Heat fan. I'm like, you know what? Give me your best doctor. You can have Millsap. I don't care about anything else. Um, we need that health, and I think if we get that health, we could be dangerous. Though we'll see how much of a lack of chemistry and how quickly we can build up chemistry matters when we get to deep in the season because we will not be a top seed. Um, with the way this is trending, especially with Lord knows how long Ben needs to come, um, especially with a lot of home games coming up with Kyrie Irving not going to be playing. So it's going to be a lot of Celtics games where we get down 27-2 to two in the first quarter coming up. Yeah, it, it'll it'll be interesting nonetheless. Like I said, I think this is one of the biggest shakeups since Anthony Davis going to L.A. And guess what? That didn't really work out either. They got a, they got a Mickey Mouse ring and... Uh, they got a ring. Had their their problems at the very least. Uh, just 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 my just my opinion. Just my opinion. You know, I'm I'm open to the discussion about that. But nonetheless, Holden, thank you so much for coming on. It was really cool to talk about it and give a breakdown analysis, in depth breakdown analysis, because this is this is going to be really exciting. This is a huge shakeup in the East, and I think other teams should really be scared. We were as high as the two seed at one point. We've kind of slid down a little bit, but I, I think this definitely makes us. A bona fide contender and I think Brooklyn's going to be scary from years to come and maybe even this season as well I think that there's definitely still an open possibility but I'd, I would bank on much down the line that they're going to be very very good and to that later down the line if Kyrie does sign his extension we'll have our team locked up until 2025 so the big three locked up until 2025 with Ben Simmons being only 25 years old um and yeah, I think this is a very big trade just for the two teams, and the rest of the NBA is kind of shook by it. I mean, I feel bad for Knicks and Celtics fans now, uh, Raptors fans now. You got to deal with both of these in your own division. Um, granted, you can pick on us specifically now for a little bit, but time will tell. We'll see. Maybe Ben Simmons comes back and he's shooting forty percent from three, or he just forgot how to play defense. So we'll see. You never know what's gonna happen. Yeah, definitely, definitely a wild card nonetheless. But I mean, I'm I'm just happy that he's gone. I'm tired of hearing all that crap. But anyway, that's gonna do it all for this episode of the Hartley Show. I don't know what I want to do with this yet. That's kind of why I've been off the grid. But maybe something will happen at some point. But again, this was fun to get back into. Yeah, thank you everybody for listening. Have a wonderful rest of your day. Go Sixers. Go Nets.